world. It's us. Coming back at you for a second episode. I'm Taylor. I'm Skylar. And this is Teachers Talk. We are teachers and we are talking. We are. (laughs) And today, the subject of the talk is about intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. It's a big topic. It is a big topic. and There's a lot to it. There is. And I think it would be best if we broke everything, not everything, the two into different entities to start. we must. Um, Before we jump in, thought we could just take a second to appreciate that it's summer. (laughs) Summer vibes. We just got back from Nantucket. Yes. That was a beautiful... It was so great. It was so nice. Just a friendly reminder to all you teachers out there, take a break. Oh, yeah. Step away. Enjoy. from the laptop. Yeah. Read a book. A fun book. Not a teacher book. Read a fun book. (laughs) I read a teacher book. Yeah, same. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you know what we mean. Yeah. But teacher books can be fun books. They can be fun books. read and learn at the same time. Which... The one that Skylar just read actually has to do with the topic. It does. And I'm so glad I read it. It was honestly, it's so good for not only teaching techniques or like how to um, motivate students to learn, but it's also really good for my personal life. I feel like I'm now, I'm starting to to see that my I'm, my mind's working in different ways and i trying to train my brain differently. Will you tell everyone what your book is called? Yeah, so it is Why We Do What We Do by Edward L. Deci? Deci? D-E-C-I. Perfect. If it's Italian, that <laughs> C's making the ch sound, so that's why I, I tried it. But it is such a good read. Um, it's a lot, again... It has a, a good amount to do with teaching, but it also, like I said, it has to do with your personal life and and how motivation can change different aspects of your life. Yeah, and I am currently reading Teaching with Love and Logic, and that book is mm. phenom. I'm a little over halfway, and we're going to make it a topic here soon, but I feel like Love and Logic is sprinkled into everyday life. Oh, so. for sure. And we, I mean, we get trainings of love and logic Mm -hmm. at work and those are my favorite days of the whole year. (laughs) So we're going to stay on the topic of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. So some of you may have heard these words before. Some of you may not. So let's start with the simple question. Skylar, I'm going (laughs) to shoot it over to you. Mm -hmm. What is extrinsic motivation? Um, so the extrinsic motivation is a, it's motivation to perform an activity in order to earn a reward or vice versa to avoid a punishment. Mm. So I think of extrinsic rewards as candy, toys, things like that. Things that you can get, um, what do you call, um, tangibles, tangibles that you can get, um, for doing something good or to, in order to avoid a certain punishment. So, you know, a parent who says if you don't get a good grade, then you, well, I don't know, you'll have extra chores to do, whatever it yeah. might be. That's extrinsic. So, like, in the work world, maybe that extrinsic motivation is a bonus. Like, oh, if you hit X amount of sales, you get a bonus. Or... um if you don't hit X amount of sales, yeah. you get, I don't know, you get docked <laughs> off your pay or you get a warning or something. So yeah. those are 
extrinsic motivations in the work world and then as you were saying in the classroom it can be as simple as like a grade oh yeah like getting a hundred percent means that you get extra recess or if you get below a 60 Mm -hmm. mom and dad are grounding you yeah it's engaging in a certain behavior not because you enjoy doing it but because um or because you find it like satisfying but because you expect something in return and or you don't want and you want to avoid something unpleasant so it's those behaviors that kids tend to do I mean even adults but we do because we want something from it not because we enjoy doing it right and I know growing up I experienced a lot of extrinsic motivation like for example when I was in elementary school I was a freak about my grades not Mm. even elementary like all of school same it was like I have to get the A if I don't get an A I wasn't even punished at home. I was just like, oh, I'm a horrible student if I don't get an A. And um, I guess what we're saying here is although extrinsic rewards or motivation may look good from the outside, toys, candy, desk pets all sound great. Even a behavior ladder sounds fun sometimes and a lot of times they can actually be detrimental to a student's overall development and growth. So let's start with what we have done with extrinsic motivation that hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk about the ladder system. Oh yeah. We, I mean, and we use it, used it at school and I loved it at first. I did too. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. I really started realizing what it was doing and um part of what I read in in the book that I was talking about is that the more you rely on rewards those students rely on those rewards and that behavior is only going to last so long as that reward is given yeah so for those of you that don't know what we're talking about a ladder system is a literal little ladder yeah um and it has different rungs to it so the middle everyone starts the day off on great From there, depending on your behavior or whatnot, you can move up or you can move down. Everyone starts on great, then you move to excellent, Mm -hmm. and then at our school, if you reach the tippy top, you got super scholar. And we would know parents that would reward kids for getting super scholar. Sounds great. Your kids are great that day. We get ice cream Mm -hmm. after X amount of days with super scholar sounds fine and dandy but then you can move in the other direction as well so you have great and then below great you have warning and that's when the students are like oh man I have to get myself back on track some students <laughs> some students <laughs> and then after warning you have no recess so then you're taking away as like a punishment their recess which we're not super fond of yeah. oh wait no it goes warning move so they have to move their seat oh you're right then no recess and then office so there's different steps on this ladder and I found it to be a huge motivator in all the wrong ways yeah so you would have your students that took to the ladder that loved this ladder sat tall would ask questions and then go home at the end of the day and say mom and dad where's my dollar Where's my treat? I got super scholar. And they weren't, they were only trying to be them be- their best self 
because of the reward not because they wanted to do well but Mm -hmm. because they got a little treat at the end of the day yeah um and then you have your kids that just did not care oh they don't give (laughs) at all anything about that ladder no i mean those kids that would walk up proudly when they would have to clip themselves down because they're like (laughs) you think i care and they don't and those are i mean those are the kids that extrinsic rewards just don't work right and there are the ones that do I mean and there are there are points in time when extrinsic motivators are a good thing I mean there and I I say it this past year we we struggled and we needed those extrinsic rewards for certain students there are certain students that need it um that are not motivated by anything other than the stickers or the whatever you want to say but I mean it's taking those certain students and trying to motivate them intrinsically that I feel like is the challenge. So basically what you're telling me is that extrinsic motivation or rewards long-term don't work. I would, yeah, I don't think long-term. I mean, again, I, I use them in my classroom. We have a marble jar. That's an extrinsic motivator. Um, they are not bad um and teachers that use them are it's it's it is okay to use them especially for those students that need them um but just in even in the book um there was the author told a story about um a young girl who loved to play the violin she took lessons she loved to do it she did it because she loved it not because of any other reason um and her teacher ended up giving an extrinsic motivator. So basically the teacher said, um, if you practice 20 minutes a day and you whatever, um, log it, then you will get a prize. And the students didn't even know what the prize was, but that little extrinsic motivator of, if you do this, you will get this, changed the, the young girl to not wanting to practice but feeling like she had to and it led to meltdowns when there wasn't enough time um and just the story that this author told it it just makes so much sense to not add a motivator when somebody already enjoys doing what they're doing so like there are points in time when does a student want to learn about I don't know history not always but if they're if they already have that little bit of intrinsic motivation to want to learn you should not add that extrinsic motivator onto it which from our own experiences we can say that most kids especially in the elementary grades want to learn yes they are sponges and they are curious mm-hmm. they're inquisitive like they come to school with the want yeah to know things and that's what the author says too the children want to learn they yeah. want to because like you said they're sponges they attain a lot of things and when you add an extrinsic motivator onto something it almost automatically makes it like oh well now i don't want to do this i'm just doing it because i get something out of it right and thinking long term like and this is just coming to me now you think about like the middle school kids, right? The mm-hmm. high school kids that aren't getting these rewards. Mm-hmm. Well, no, duh. They don't want to do stuff. Yeah. They're not getting a reward, which we, the elementary teachers, have trained them mm-hmm. essentially to crave. Those so re- yeah, when we're rewards. not providing these rewards and they're learning or 
developing this love of learning we're not throwing a toy at them and saying yay yeah if we're not doing that they're not gonna be like that and I mean I don't know that for sure yeah but But, I mean the more and plus and I see it too is when so mid-year we decided to take the ladder away and I realized that when you put this extrinsic motivator on these students and then you take it away it's like a well then what like what's going to replace it like how like how are we going to essentially get a reward and so that's why even this year over the summer I'm thinking like I don't want to start with any sort of reward because once they're used to it like Mm -hmm. you can't go back you can't go back you Mm -hmm. really can't it worked out pretty decently this past year with taking the ladder away but overall like there were still the kids that were like well what do you mean if you take the ladder away like what are we gonna do instead and it's like no one of the quotes that you put in the notes it was like basically what you just said once you give an extrinsic reward Mm -hmm. there's no going back oh yeah you can't take that away I don't know where the quote is but basically oh yeah it says saying, once you have used rewards to control people you cannot yeah. easily go back no and, and I believe can't. that no yeah, you, can't. you can't you can't um but I also like the rest of the quote where was it it said the one that you were finishing those behaviors will only last so long mm-hmm. oh my goodness our first year teaching together yeah I can't even tell you how many different reward systems we went through oh so many we had a ladder we had a marble jar for the oh, whole class. Oh, remember we ended up doing the little the stars. stars, individual oh, stars. I've done fuzzies, like y- mm-hmm. money, you name it. Okay, not real money, just FYI. It was fake money for the money <laughs> unit, just to clarify. Just to clarify, we're not giving money we're to our children. We're not giving money, <laughs> no. But they're so short-lived. Yeah. They're so short-lived. And once it's fun has died out, hmm you lose that motivation oh yeah definitely so let's talk about what works and why it works intrinsic motivation Skylar what is it (laughs) I mean there's a lot to intrinsic motivation and Mm -hmm. I mean even like you were saying I haven't it's not until probably the past year and even after reading this book my intrinsic motivation was not there I mean I felt like it wasn't there but intrinsic motivation essentially is I mean it's just the opposite of extrinsic you're doing an activity or performing something for its own sake and for your own personal rewards so you're engaging in a behavior because you find it rewarding not because you're getting anything out of it and that's not to say you have a goal so like I have a goal of losing weight and that's not to say that I can't attain that goal and that goal is somewhat of a motivator but I'm still intrinsically doing it for me not for anyone else right like I am doing I'm trying I'm trying to learn French right and (laughs) it's for no one else's good but my own Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it because I want to not because Skylar's told me to not because my boss has told me to simply because it's something that I want for myself Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to say oh my gosh, I can speak a couple sentences in French yeah, or what have you. And I think if my boss or a friend were to be down my neck about like... You wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to. It'd it be, would just it'd be, be a, a deterrent. Yeah. And that's an, an, another story in this book that I read. Um, there was a woman who wanted not wanted her husband was forcing her to lose weight because she was over way overweight like unhealthy overweight um and when she went to this therapist she 
went basically saying, I have to lose weight. Otherwise, like, whatever. Her husband will leave her, whatever it might oh be. Which, A, that's horrible. Yeah, but, but she wasn't doing it for herself. No. Versus another patient who came to, saw, to see him um, wanted to lose weight for herself. She wanted to be healthier um, for her children long term um so the two the differences between those two motivators one being I want to do it for me not for anyone else and the other being I don't want my husband to leave me I mean the I think it ended up being that the girl the woman who um wanted to do it for herself was able to obtain that goal of losing that weight whereas the woman who was forcibly doing it um she couldn't reach her goal because it wasn't in her mindset to want to lose that weight so I just yeah. think of those two different scenarios where you're not doing it for yourself and it's even harder to obtain a goal if you're not doing it for yourself and if you're seeing it in adults you're seeing it in kids oh a hundred percent and with our students we have seen oh I mean we've talked about it already but just like the repercussions of extrinsic but when you introduce a student to the progress that they've made oh. so I'll go into a story in a second, but you just see the joy that they have for learning and for what they're achieving. And they get this sense of, oh my gosh, like I, I did that. I'm yeah. capable. It's so heartwarming. So this year I tried something new and I've been telling myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every single year. And teachers, you know it best. You run out of time <laughs> or you're in a crunch and you just can't do it. But this year I decided I'm going to do it. I'm going to meet with each of my students one-on-one. And I started small. Like my big goal, my dream is to have little mini conferences with each student to show them their progress in every single subject, right? Show them their curious questions in history and science and to show them their math progress and to show them how far they've come in spelling and reading. And so I started with reading. And those of you that are familiar with Dibbles or Amplify, it is like the easiest way to show a student their progress. Mm-hmm. It measures their words per minute. It measures their nonsense words, all these things. And so what I did is I just simply called over one student at a time. And I said, hey, would you like to see your reading progress this year? And that was beginning until like the middle of the year. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. They were pumped. And so I would just say, okay, you started the year reading this many words per minute. And now you're reading blah, blah, blah words per minute. And they would go, and it was a very, very simple reaction for the most part, but you could feel, you could feel this, oh my gosh, I grew. Yeah. Like I am growing and And I'm still growing and I can do this. And you just, you get excited as a teacher to be like, oh, they're happy. They're happy that they're achieving and Mm -hmm. It was just such a breath of fresh air to do yeah. that this year. And I also, um, I introduced a, um, what's called six-minute reading or six-minute fluency in my class this year. Um, I'm kind of just testing it out for the school. But I I did it with my students, and it was just to help them with their fluency, their words per minute. Um, and every single one of my students at the end of the year improved their their fluency and getting to tell them that you went from, let's say, 70 words per yeah. minute to 120 words per minute. Their little beautiful faces lit up, and it's the most rewarding thing I think, and especially mm-hmm. since that was my first year as a lead teacher, it's the most rewarding thing 
for a student to be happy about their achievement and their their growth um so that's huge and I think it's so important to note like in both of these situations neither of us went okay here's what you were reading in the beginning here's what you're reading now this is what I want you to be at Mm -hmm. like there was no mention of a goal it was just hey guess what you made progress I'm so proud of you Mm -hmm. for all the hard work we're focused on the effort and not the ending mm-hmm. because the ending is irrelevant right now. Yeah. It's on the progress that they're making. Um, and we just have some ways that you can foster intrinsic motivation within yeah. your own classroom because you may be sitting here listening and be like, that's like, What great. do I do? <laughs> yeah. Where do I fall into this? So yeah. there are so many ways. There is so many. The biggest one for me reading this book was – offering choices which is something I do which I feel like I do decent amount but offering choices is something huge for intrinsic motivation because then they're the ones who made the choice to do whatever the activity is um and they're more motivated to want to complete that activity so but it could be something as little as would you like to write your gratitude journal in a pencil or in a pen whatever it might be something so easy (laughs) and whenever there is like maybe a little extra time like let's say we have five minutes before recess and I finish my lesson Mm -hmm. it's like okay do you guys want to do you want me to read a part of this book or do you want to I don't know watch a mojo video like something so simple that obviously neither of those tasks require <laughs> intrinsic motivation but it's just like it's giving it's them that autonomy sense of community within the classroom mm-hmm. to where they feel like they have a say in what they're doing in the classroom yeah and that and again we're gonna get into love and logic but mm. autonomy and choice has a huge emphasis on how the child behaves within the classroom yeah when they feel like they have a say mm-hmm. in what they're doing they're more likely for lack of a better word to comply yeah they're going to listen they're going to want to partake because oh, i Made got to choose sense. where i get to read mm-hmm. maybe it's under my desk <laughs> maybe it's in my chair yeah i don't know but i get to choose now it's my choice not yours yeah and one of the biggest things too in this book was being um what did he call it autonomy supportive mm-hmm. and that and so we haven't really talked about autonomy very much, but autonomy is basically, how would you say, like freedom, freedom, mm-hmm. right? It's having the freedom of choice or whatever it might be. Um, and autonomy is something that's also just a whole other topic in and of itself. But um, one of he says one of the central features of being autonomy supportive is providing choice, um, which entails sharing the authority of your power because you are in a one up position as a teacher. You are in a one up position to where you have the authority, but giving up a little bit of it, not too much, obviously, because you need to take control of your classroom, mm-hmm. but not like giving up just that little choice of whatever it might be. It really gives the students a sense of. I can do this myself. I made this choice myself and I want to complete it because I got to choose. Yeah. So that's huge. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to get into love and logic because it has all of that. All yeah. of that. So another thing that you can do to help foster that intrinsic motivation in your students is start with a fresh slate. Don't jump in using the ladder. Don't jump in using a reward system. See what your students are capable of. Yeah. 
ride the wave and then pick out the students that need a little extra support a little extra love and maybe do a one-on-one thing with them a personal ladder yeah a personal ladder or what have you but as a whole class I recommend starting with a fresh slate. Yeah, I I always start with a marble jar, but this year I think I'm I'm gonna start with nothing. Yep. I know and we've if talked they, about it. If they need it, then then I'll add maybe mm-hmm. a class marble jar, whatever it might be. Um, but definitely we I yeah I agree. We want to start and see see where they're at. I mean, they could be used to their extrinsic motivators from the year before. Right. But if you know they're in a new classroom and you set the expectations um set expectations <laughs> you must you must classroom expectations they children need to know what is expected adults need to know what uh, is expected of them yep. so you i mean always you always have to understand what's expected of you in order to achieve whatever it is that you want them to achieve yeah so start with that freshly and then like we said sprinkle in what you need from there mm-hmm. um and then another way would be to be would be to set realistic goals so yeah. do you want to talk more about setting goals yeah after I read this book I well actually it was while I was reading this book I like whipped out my notes I was like I have to do this um I am gonna start my year um maybe first couple days and I'm gonna have every student write down three of their main goals for the year so whether that be personal so whether they want to join a club or whether Mm -hmm. they want to start a new sport or um maybe it's they want to learn about something so maybe Mm -hmm. they're dying to learn about ancient Greece or the Greek wars whatever it might be um I want I'm gonna have them write down their goals and then I um am just making a note of I want them to be able to read it at the end of the year so I'm gonna keep their goals and I'm gonna give it back to them at the end of the year and if they reach the goal great but I'm not gonna put pressure on the fact that they have to reach that goal um and another big thing is setting realistic goals yeah so obtainable goals I mean if you set a goal, like, let's say I'm going to read a thousand words. Yeah. This year. Like I'm going to whatever it might Permanent. be. <laughs> Jeez. But I mean, even like in my personal life, I'm like, I can't set a goal of reading five books this summer because right. realistically, am it's I going to read happen. five books? Probably not. It's been a month and I've read one. So I want to set a realistic goal. Otherwise, you know, if you don't reach that goal by a certain point, that's when you get unhappy. That's when you become depressed on feeling like you haven't accomplished something even though you have you right. just set those little goals um and I I want to make that apparent to my students as well is that set goals that you think that you will be able to attain and if you get them great we'll set a new goal all those different things and that's really big on um you know if they have that mindset in the beginning of the year of I want to obtain a certain goal then um I think they'll be more motivated yeah and like the last episode when your students need that little extra push watch mojo i'm telling you watch mojo and then something i decided i'm going to start this year this kind of goes with intrinsic motivation but it also has to do with like just putting things out into the universe to come true i'm gonna do a morning mantra morning so on the board i'm gonna write like I am or today I am because we do this gratitude journal every morning and it's today I'm grateful for blah 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 blah. a lot of the times it's like I'm grateful for my family I'm Mm -hmm. grateful for school I'm grateful for my backpack what have you it's beautiful but I really on the board want to write 
today I am blank. And as they're writing their gratitude journal, I want them to think about one thing that they want to be today. Like today I'm present Hmm. or today I'm an active listener or today I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, I just want them to put it out into the world. And I know that it doesn't necessarily fall under the idea of intrinsic motivation, but I feel like in a way it does. It's putting the, it's allowing them to think about it in that way. Right. Like it's just letting them have that mindset of, I can do this. Yeah. I'm going to make today a good day. And I mean, they're, I mean, we teach second grade, so they're young, but that's, I don't know, that's just like going to help them in the long run be more in tune with their like emotions, I would think. Yeah. I we mean, are the foundation. Yeah. I think that builds up that skill of like, I don't know if you're feeling, I, I always struggled as a kid, like feeling a certain emotion and, and knowing what emotion I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling angry, it's okay to feel angry. And that was a big quote in the book too, is that like living life is not about always being happy. Wait, let me see. The true meaning of being alive is not to just feel happy, but to experience the full range of human emotions because your goal in life can't just be to be happy all the time. Otherwise, then happiness doesn't mean anything to you. And that's I, I, I loved that. I mean, and there was an example of you go watch movies and you cry like you you not crave a movie that's going to make you cry, but you want a movie that's going to make you feel emotional. (laughs) Like you're not just looking to feel happy all the time. Like you need to feel those range of emotions. And it's okay too. And it is okay too. And we need to tell our children that it's okay to feel. I, I, you and I both looked at each other because we both have a person in mind that would like shut their child down from crying. It was so sad. He, he lost a, a parent in his life and, yeah um, mom would say don't cry nope babies cry and yep. we would just yeah and that Anywho. and that crying turned into banging his, his head against a wall and it was hard to watch so feel emotion let your students feel emotion feelings are good anyway <laughs> that went off a little <laughs> bit from intrinsic but it's if true. you're still here <laughs> if you want resources one resource would be the book that Skylar read, which is called Why We Do What We Do by Edward L. Dicci or Dicci. It's D-E-C-I. <laughs> yep. With Richard, what's his last name? Flast? F-L-A-S-T-E. Yeah, looks like it. So that's one resource. Another Amazing would book. be Love and Logic, which I don't have on me currently. It's Teaching with Love and Logic. Great book. Oh, oh, it's funk david funk f-u-n-k um and then there's another guy that also writes it i believe Mm -hmm. his last name starts with an f as well multiple um, versions of the book there's a course that you can take as a parent or as a teacher oh yeah i'm taking that (laughs) when i become a parent oh dave and i are gonna take that before we come become parents for sure but um there's also an article that i read um by kendra cherry i will link it um what's it called um, it's just differences of extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Um, I got a couple of things from there as well. But some good resources. Yeah, that book, and we'll link them. That book, I'm telling you, I you have to, you yep. have to read. I'm it's next. so good. So good. Um, and then for your classroom, always refer back to Mojo. Mojo is a great way to help instill that growth mindset and just some intrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. We hope you enjoyed listening, everyone. If you want to find us on social media, you can do that if Um, you'd like. Our Instagram. 
Our Instagram is <laughs> teachers talk podcast. So it's teachers underscore talk underscore podcast. So many underscores because um, somebody took our name. So it's fine. We're <laughs> we fine. had to add some underscores. And then if you want to send us a email and email um, <laughs> grammar, <laughs> grammar is important and email. Um, you can email us at teachers talk pod at gmail.com. Um, any suggestions of what we could talk about or some fun stories that you have in your own classroom. We would yeah, love to tell hear. us something good. Tell us something good. Tell something us something juicy. Something juicy. <laughs> or something bad or something you learned from. Any of that good stuff. We're listening. We're yes. all ears. <laughs> but you can reach out to us at any time. We hope you keep on listening to Teachers Talk. And we'll see you next time. Bye.